This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, our podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from the Smoothie King Center studios. I'm Sean Kelly. We are here, obviously, because it is Pelicans game day, the next-to-last home game of the regular season. Hard to believe, but now five games left, and every single one of them is important. All right, so we'll talk about that today with David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans. We've certainly got to look at what happened in the NBA last night, the schedule for tonight's games. We've got facial hair to talk about today, and, of course, the NFL draft preview uh, continues when we look at the New York Giants. We'll do so with Anita Marks from ESPN New York. So we've got a chock-full Wednesday for you here on BBR. So we, I mentioned facial hair. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Nikola Mirotic, clean-shaven, baby face look today at shoot-around. He's hoping that the new look will get him back on track. And uh, he says he has not uh, looked this way in four years. So we'll see how it plays out tonight. So you'll see a much younger-looking Nikola Mirotic tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans, who are looking to snap a four-game losing streak when they host the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies will come in here at 21-56. and 56. They've, uh, they've snuck up and bitten some teams on the backside here of late. But then again, this is also a team that, uh, on paper, the Pelicans should take care of. And now they have to. Is They're only a half game uh, into the playoff picture. A loss tonight would have them on the outside looking in because Denver seemingly continues uh, to do some surprising things. So the Nuggets are right there. The Clippers, after being down 17-3 to last night, came back and beat the Spurs. So the Clippers are still in the conversation. And some teams above you slipped up a little bit last night. So it's really, really tight, uh, maybe even more so than we saw a week ago at this time. So this is the next-to-last home game tonight. Then you've got the three-game a road trip out west, then back home a week from today to take on the San Antonio Spurs. You'll hear from Anthony Davis later on tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network. He talks about his last two games played and obviously this team's mindset uh, going into these final five. But we'll get David Wesley's thoughts here in just a moment. On the football side, all uh, all eyes on Baton Rouge today. The LSU Pro Day is uh, ongoing this Wednesday. Yesterday, Tulane had their Pro Day at the uh, Oscar Sports Performance Center. And the uh, Saints and the rest of the NFL continue to march forward to the uh, NFL draft at the end of the month. We heard from the Cleveland Browns. Jake Chapman was with us on Monday. Today, Anita Marks, who covers all things Giants and does so on a number of different platforms, including ESPN Radio New York, uh, ESPN Fantasy. You'll see her sometimes on SportsCenter. Uh, she's kind enough to join us today. And Daniel Salerson will pick her brain a little bit about what the Giants may do. And they have a very interesting draft certainly coming up. So a lot to cover today. Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight. We'll start that conversation up with David Wesley next. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. 
Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more. And always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18 on Wednesday, April 4th against the Memphis Grizzlies. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black and Blue Report continues on this Wesley Wednesday with the man himself. David Wesley joins us from Fox Sports New Orleans. It is the next to last Wednesday of the regular season, and we don't know any more than we did any of the other Wednesdays, do we, David? Not really. It is is coming down to the wire, and uh, the Pelicans are hanging on. No doubt. Uh, chance to end a losing streak tonight. A losing streak that's put you in kind of a precarious position here with five games to go. David, when you look at the last four, what has stuck out most as to why the Pelicans have slid here a bit? Well, I, I, I have said it um, on the air. Um, you can't have an okay AD. I think that's where it starts the, you know, the – in the four-game losing streak, they're only scoring 100 points, uh, right on 100 points. So, um, AD's got to get going. And you look at his last game, he was right around his averages, which is crazy when you say he didn't have a great game. But he wasn't efficient. He wasn't efficient in uh, in Cleveland. Um, and, therefore, I don't the, the team is not feeling his energy. And they have to – he has to lead with his energy and effort and, and his shot making. And the last couple of games, he has not. Obviously, they played some really good teams in this stretch, uh, all teams that are above them in the standing. So um, just, you know, one of, those, one of those stretches where you just get a, a bunch of good teams and you just have to find a way to win a couple of those. They did not. And now they have to find a way to beat a team that's beat them twice. No doubt. Uh, you're right about that. The team that beat them twice was Memphis, and, and I know everybody's talking about you got to have this one on paper, you should have it and all that, but the serious history this year, David, would tell us that this is not a layup here for the Pelicans. It, it's not. You know, some teams, regardless to um, records, they match up right. They have your number. Whatever the case may be, um, this is one of those teams, and um, – even the the game that the Pelicans won, they only won by seven. So it was close down to the end. Uh, the other the other ones were close as well. Uh, both, you know, right around double figures win for the Memphis. So um, this is this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be show up and and they're just going to lay down. Uh, the only good thing is, um, or another bad thing I should say is. They have 56 losses, and last place Suns have 59. So they could go out and win this. It really doesn't kind of matter to them. So um, you got young guys that are, you know, young guys, D-league guys that are, you know, trying to make a show. They're going to come out and play. Yeah, no, they'll have that. Tyreek Evans will not be with the team tonight. We do know that about, about Memphis. David, this is one of those things that I really think you can only understand 
when if you've if you've played the game at the level that you did. Um, we've heard some talk here lately about the Pelicans. First, it was you know maybe they're pressing a little bit, and then yesterday had a great practice. Feel like things have loosened up a touch. Um, I think I know what those mean. Uh, you know, watching teams over the years and just understanding human nature and whatnot. But what does it really mean when a team is pressing too much? And what does it really mean when maybe they're ready to play a little more loose? Well, I, I think it's it's kind of a mentality where you go out there and, and you feel like every shot has to go and you have to get off to a great start. And anytime those things don't happen – over the course of the year, if you didn't get off to a good, great start and you lose, you start pressing down at the end when it matters. Um, and Or if you miss a couple of shots and you have a bad game, then, ooh, i got to get off to a great start shooting the basketball or, or, or it's going to be an off night. Uh, it's not. It, you know, those, each possession is important, but it's not dire. And when you're playing a little bit loose, you go down, you miss a shot, no problem. We'll come back. We'll get the next one. You're still playing with a confident mentality. You're playing with a, an aggressive mentality. Um, and in these games, I haven't really seen that kind of confident aggressiveness that I've seen down the stretch of some games earlier in the season. So you can see that they are pressing a little bit. They are a little bit tight uh, when they need that basket because they know how important all these games are. And, um, you know, and, and I'm sure Denver's kind of going through that same thing. The Clippers are probably going through a little bit of the same thing. You know, I was just looking at the 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 the, the Nuggets last four games. They got Minnesota twice. They have the Clippers and Portland. Again, they're going to give you help, but the Pelicans certainly want to be in that mind frame that we can beat the better better teams. We can play better going into the playoffs. So for all that it's important for them just to play better for themselves, not necessarily that they may sneak into the playoffs. They want to go into the playoffs feeling good, feeling confident, feeling loose. Okay, all right. So New Orleans is sitting there at 43 wins. David, they've got five to go. Um, Whether it be the win total or the number of games they need to win in the last five, what do you see as to what it will take to get in? Well, you know, I still go back to – I still think they need to win three of these, these last five. I, I um, For their sake, for their psyche, um, and I've been saying it since they had seven games left, that they need to win three of the last seven. And when you look at it, that, maybe it takes some of the pressure off of we got to win or, you know, this loss is a huge deal. Um, certainly you want to win as many as you can, maybe get a better seating. Uh, and I think now that might be – a little bit out of the question, but what they can't do is let Denver tie them, and uh, that's the main thing they're going through. Um, as well as you know, the Clippers, their last four: Utah, Denver, Pelicans, and the Lakers. So um, theirs is not as hard as Denver. I think Denver will fall. I think the Clippers will give you the most, or give the Pelicans the most challenge, and. It's going to be a, it's going to be a race, but take care of your business. You got Memphis, Phoenix. Both teams are probably going to be playing free and flowy, and I'm pretty sure Phoenix will try to lose. But 
They might not. They, they're gunslingers. They're coming out. They're just shooting and, and, and having a great time. If they all of a sudden get hot and you get down and get pressing, that could be a loss. So, you know, they have to take care of business, beat the Clippers. You beat the Clippers, you know, it's like two wins. So um, I don't see any trouble of them getting in the playoffs. The thing is, will they get in the playoffs with confidence and playing well? Yeah. Uh, hey, a little off topic here, but you just said you know something about Memphis earlier. You mentioned the way Phoenix might play this Friday, David. How do teams try and lose at this point? Lineups, timeouts. Um, you, you sometimes you look at certain situations um, where all of a sudden the other team has this odd lineup. Their big guns aren't in. Um, the guys out there are still trying to win. The guys out there are still trying to, to play hard and, and, and make baskets. But if the lineups aren't right, or this, you know, the, then, then they don't have as good a chance. So uh, if a team goes on a run, let's say Phoenix is up 10, and all of a sudden the Pelicans you know, run off 10 straight and there's no timeout, what are you doing? Are you letting the Pelicans' momentum take over the game kind of thing? So, um, or vice versa, you know, um, you know, if the Pelicans are up 10 or 12 and, and there's still no timeout or, or whatever. So it, there's, there's subtle ways you can do it without just flat out point shaving as a player going out there missing shots on purpose because none of them will do that and all of them are looking for their next year or their next job or, or, or whatever. So they want to go out there and still play well, still play hard, still play the right way. And then it's up to the coaching to kind of alter that. Uh, of the five games left, David, two home, obviously, three on the road. Why has this team played better on the road than at home? You know, I've talked about this before and, and, and just simply, you know, less to do. You know, you just spoke to me about, you know, um, WWE trucks and traffic around the arena. Um, you know, driving yourself to the arena, dealing with family, dealing with tickets, dealing with, with people, running errands the day of a game. Think about it. You're on the road. You're not running any errands. You don't have to. Um, so, you know, the, the, there, are, there are things that go along with home, and I don't mean that these are a big problem. I just mean it's a difference. It's a different cadence to your day, um, whereas – you know, everything is on the bus. Everything is kind of done for you. You get ready, you get on the bus, and you're, you're at the arena. You don't even – they're not even looking at traffic. They're on their phones or doing whatever. So, you know, those kinds of things mentally for some teams just work out better, and, you know, therefore they go out and they play better on the road. Um, it doesn't really make a ton of sense because you play in your building 41 times. You play in these other buildings two times. So – at the most two times, I should say. Who knows why you play better, but this team does, and, and that's not a bad thing to have. To be able to play on the road as well as you play at home is not bad because, obviously, this team right where it is is going to start off on the road and got to find a way to win. Yep, no doubt. 22 wins at home, 21 on the road here going in. Hey, last thing, David, give me a key or two tonight if there is anything that sticks out specifically for Memphis. Well, you know, you're going to get the younger guys um, coming out playing, you know, playing hard, playing um, with a, with a little bit of fire. Wayne Seldon um, played well in the in the last meeting. 
playing pretty good. I mean, he's 20 of his last 40 shooting threes. So you just can't let those guys get off. And you need your pace. 100 points is not enough for this team. They're, they want to run. They want to get up. Rondo's got to get them running. And you have to have an efficient AD and Drew Holiday. They have to play at the top of their game. And I'm talking about if their average is 20, they need 25. If their average is 30, they need 35. They need to have efficient numbers tonight, and this should be no problem. All right. I'm with you. Uh, have a great day. I'll look forward to seeing you tonight. Let's go. Five five left. Unbelievable. Five left. Yes, sir. Three and two. Yes, sir. I'll take it. I think you're dead on with your your, uh, your thought there. Um and I think one of them ought to be against the Clippers. That'd be fine by me, too, Come the upcoming road yes, trip. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. David Wesley tonight with Joe Myers and Jen Hale on Fox Sports New Orleans. Pelicans and Grizzlies. Don't forget game times at 7 tonight. Pre-game coverage starting at 6.30. We're going to talk the Giants and Anita Marks from ESPN New York after this next time out. Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game? Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. What is big? Big is DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Fire and ice, boogie in the brow. It's two of the league's most dynamic big men. It's razor wire around the rim on defense and a powder keg offense ignited by explosive ball handling. See the Pels play the San Antonio Spurs Wednesday, April 11th at our fantastic finale. First 9,000 fans get a free Rajon Rondo bobblehead. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Our draft preview takes us up to the Big Apple and pick number two, which belongs to the New York football giants. Joining me now is Nina Marks. We've had her on a bunch of times here on the Black and Blue Report. You can find her on ESPN Radio across the country and also in New York. Plus, she does great work for ESPN Fantasy Sports, and I'm sure you've seen her on SportsCenter as well. Nina, great to have you back on the podcast. Hope you're staying warm up north right now. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, hope, hopefully this is our last snow this week. Hopefully it's done because uh, I'm, I'm ready for my golf game uh, to uh, to be kicked into action. I, so, can, I can uh, only but, imagine. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, not a problem. Before we get into pick number two, I feel like we should start with Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of rumors flying around whether or not he will be traded, whether he gets a long-term deal, if he steps foot on the field for the Giants again. Anita, have you heard anything? What's the latest and how real are these rumors about shopping Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, um, Adam Schefter from ESPN came out and said that the Giants aren't quote-unquote shopping him. But they're open to phone calls. And uh, also what's being reported is that they're looking for two number ones uh, to trade Odell. And so, and and again, I I don't want to assume, but why not? Um, I would assume that it's it's this year's first-round draft pick and the 2019 first-round draft pick. And who knows, maybe they could get more for him. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, general managers and coaches out there who feel that 
his playmaking ability just makes him one of the you know best players in the NFL, and and I think there's a lot of truth to that. So. I think it will be interesting. Um, I'm, I would not be surprised if uh, the Giants' phone has been ringing off the hook um, since these reports came out. And um, right now, if I had to give you a percentage, I feel like seventy. I, I feel pretty seventy-five percent confident that the Giants are going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. either before the trade, uh, before the draft, or maybe the the evening of the draft. You talked about it being a, a realistic factor about other teams calling about Odell. How many teams do you think are realistic about giving up two first-round picks or even more for him? Do you feel like there are a few teams that are willing to make that step to get Odell and Beckham Jr.? I do. Um, I, you know, I, Each and every year I, I, I make my way to Indianapolis for the Combine. I think it's one of the best weeks uh, to just uh, kind of mix and mingle and talk to owners, general managers, coaches, agents, what have you. And I spoke to a few coaches who, who said they have no desire to have Odell on their team because they just don't want him disrupting the locker room. Um, but I do believe that there are teams out there that feel that his talent and his ability and his playmaking ability outweighs all the other stuff that comes along with Odell Beckham Jr. So let's say out of the other 31 teams, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a good 15 um, that have made the call to the Giants to inquire and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's at least five that would consider giving up two first-round draft picks for Adele. That would not surprise me at all. Should be interesting this last month or so, that's for sure. But let's talk about how that may affect the draft strategy for the New York Giants if they're able to make a trade or, or does it right now. How would that first-round pick affect maybe, does that mean they go wide receiver in the first round with that extra pick? Or how? what do you see the Giants looking for there at number two or even just in these first couple of picks for them? Yeah, you know, in, in looking at the players that are coming out, um, unfortunately, uh, no bells and whistles in regard to the offensive line position and really no bells and whistles um, with the wide receiver position. Now, keep in mind, we've seen for the past few years wide receivers um, have been extremely talented and, and, and when drafted and, and given the opportunity to play, they've, they've really done well in the NFL. This year, not so much. I mean, I think this is the year for the quarterbacks, right? right. Uh, that's been the big talk with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, all these guys. Um, um, I think, uh, you know, you've got some solid linebackers. Um, I think one of the best offensive linemen, Quinton Nelson from Notre Dame, even though he's a guard, I think he'll be the first offensive lineman taken off the board. So I, I, I guess where I'm going with this is regardless whether or not, they, let's say hypothetically speaking, they do trade Odell, I don't believe they take a wide receiver in the first round. Um, so, and, and, you know, listen, they've, they've got a lot of talent. Even though they drafted um, Evan Ingram as a tight end last year, he plays more as a wide receiver. And they have Sterling Shepard that they drafted in the second round a few years ago. Um, I think they'll address uh, some more. Um, they've already signed some wide receivers in free agency. So even if they do lose Odell, I'm sure they'll draft a, a wide receiver at some point in time in the draft, but I don't believe it'll be in the first round. What about quarterback? Do they address the quarterback with number two, or if they don't, are they addressing that in the first couple rounds? You know, it's a great question. It's something I talk about on my show a lot. Um, here in New York, a lot of Giants fans, because all the hype and the buzz and the excitement about all these quarterbacks coming out this year in, in, in college and, um, and knowing that Eli Manning is, quote-unquote, on, on the back nine, um, I think a lot of Giants fans want to see the Giants draft a quarterback, but I think they already have their quarterback in-house. I think that's Davis Webb, quarterback from Cal that they drafted last year. Um, but it, it's interesting. A lot of people feel that 
A, because he wasn't dropped in the first round, and they didn't see him play this past season, especially when he was when they benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith. They didn't bench Eli Manning for Davis Webb. That Giants fans feel that he's not worthy or that he has no shot of being as good or even better than a number of these quarterbacks coming out. But that's not what I'm hearing. Um, everything that I'm hearing out of the Giants facility is that they're in love with this young man. Got a, sh- a strong arm, can make all the throws, very cerebral, very smart. Even Eli Manning has come out and said out of all the, the young quarterbacks that he has mentored, hands down, Davis Webb understands the game, watches film, um, and, and puts together a pre-game um, uh, you know, when they when they when they put like their first twelve plays together, mm-hmm. that Davis Webb does it the best out of anyone that Eli Manning has mentored. So it sounds to me he's got all the intangibles. Gel, um, Gettleman likes him. Shermer likes him. So to answer your question, I know very long-winded here. I don't believe the Giants draft a quarterback in the first round. I think they feel Davis Webb is their next heir apparent to Eli Manning. I think he's already in house. Before I let you go, I want to talk about because of the quarterbacks and everyone talking about how a lot of them can go so early. And I feel like with the right price, anyone would be willing to trade down. But is that something the Giants could possibly look at with a team trying to sneak in to get that quarterback a number two? Is that something that the Giants could move back, take a little bit more picks, and then uh, kind of go with the route that they want to go to as far as drafting the position that they need the most? Yeah, it, so, so this, is, this is how I see it playing out with the, the Giants sitting with the number two pick. I think it's an interesting conversation the Cleveland Browns are going to have um, deciding who they take first. Hands down, everyone I've spoken to, Saquon Barkley is the best player in this draft. Um, and I think it would be really wise for the Cleveland Browns to take him at one. But that's if they're confident that the quarterback that they like is still going to be available at four. If Saquon Barkley is still on the board at two, I think that's a no-brainer. I think the Giants select Saquon Barkley at two. If the Cleveland Browns take Barkley at one, then I think the Giants seriously consider trade offers. I know they want a first-round draft pick in 2019 in exchange to move up to that number two pick. Here's the thing, though. Everything I'm hearing is that the Denver Broncos like Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. And I believe that is the number two player on the Giants' board. So it's, it, they're going to have to maneuver where they're going to trade, where if they do trade down, and they feel Nelson will still be available, they can't trade below the Denver Broncos. So I, I think that's how – and, and if, they, if they can't get another one draft pick, a number one draft pick in 2019 to trade down, I think they seriously consider Bradley Chubb, especially keep in mind they just traded um, JPP to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I think it's Barkley one. I think number two option is to trade down and get Quinton Nelson before the Denver before the um, the Denver Broncos do, and I think option number three is if they can't facilitate that trade, I think they they take Bradley Chubb, which then the Jets keep in mind if that does happen, I think the Jets would be sitting there with potentially maybe having the first or the second pick of the cream of the crop of the quarterbacks. I know they want um, a quarterback of the future, and then it'll be interesting to see what quarterback. Um, the Cleveland Browns take. I, I think the thing here is I don't believe Saquon Barkley lasts to four. So it's, it's, it's going to be really intriguing to see what happens those first four picks. I, I think it's going to be a fun Thursday night. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see where the domino falls as, about, as far as where Cleveland goes to number one and how that affects other teams as far as getting to number two or whether the Giants go at number two as well. That's Anita Marks. Of course, you can find her on ESPN Radio in New York and across the country. And again, make sure you follow her on Twitter 
at Anita Mark. She does great work also for ESPN Fantasy. And again, you can see her all over ESPN throughout the NFL season and more. Anita, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, hope you stay warm up there and hope some warm weather comes your way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Very good stuff. We'll obviously have an eye on the New York Giants here in the coming weeks. And again, thanks to Anita Marks and our own Daniel Salerson. Our draft preview series will continue on Friday when we visit with Eric Allen, who uh, will get us up to speed on the other New York team, the Jets, on Friday's Black and Blue Report. We'll be talking basketball with Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, who is also an analyst with Fox Sports uh, New Orleans. She'll be with us on Friday, too. And uh, we'll be previewing, obviously, the West Coast road trip, which begins Friday night at Phoenix. The Pelicans will go for win number 44 tonight as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Get the word out, if you don't mind. Some of your tickets may say 8.30 for tonight's game. It is not 8.30. That was when this was going to be a nationally televised game. It is at 7 p.m. tonight, 7 o'clock at the Smoothie King Center. Full coverage on the Pelicans Radio Network and, of course, Fox Sports New Orleans, too. Speaking of Fox Sports, thanks again to David Wesley for his uh, Wesley Wednesday visit with us here today. I'm Sean Kelly. That'll do it for us. Hope we've got a great show lined up for you on Friday in which we're talking about a uh, Pelicans march that continues toward the postseason. and in, in a better fashion than maybe we had to start our conversation with David today. We'll look forward to that. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Uh, be careful around the Smoothie King Center and the Mercedes-Benz Superdome over the next couple of days. WrestleMania is loading in. There's a smile creeping across Daniel Sowers' face. Talk to you later. Bye.